attention. The movie guys love movies, so that's what you can expect in the next 90 minutes or so. A bunch of talk about movies. Because we're called the movie guys. Isn't that right? Eaten alive. <laughs> And it's in the wake of something like Eaten Alive that I'm glad we're not the TV guys. <laughs> oh, that's what that, okay. Which yeah. he didn't get Eaten Alive, right? He got he got squished or squozen alive. It should have been called Squozen Alive. I think he backed out alive. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. He got about head deep and he went, I'm out. After two hours. You don't get to tap out of, of that. Do you know the show? The guy Did he go head first? Yeah. I would have started with a foot. You could have gotten at least a good hour up to the waist, uh, and the, I think the audience would have been happy with it. There's you know. been stuff about suits, there, you know, the suit that he has, yeah. and specially made, and how he's going to get out, and the, the, the things he can say or do to, to get out, like when enough and get pulled out. And he went about a head deep, you know, like it just the whole thing is stupid. And I would have so, went feet first. So glad first. we don't have movies that are like reality television. That's, that's why movies are better. I'm yeah. such a movie guy. When you said Eating Alive, I'm like, why are we making fun of the Toby Hooper movie? You're the, you are <laughs> the one who had to read it. I just looked at it and he said, hey, read this. And I'm like, I don't even know what's happening on this piece of and paper. And you're better off. And, and then he explained off. it and I'm like, can we just read it so I'm done? Because I don't know what's happening on this piece of paper. Well, you're, like the, you're like the producers of Eating Alive. They're like, I don't know what's going on on this yeah. piece of paper. <laughs> just green light it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire it's not that i'm lazy it's that i just don't care you've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy we bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes rants sketches characters bits special guests and more as we broadcast from the admiral's club in the heart of burbank airport flyover zone they don't stop making movies so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies which means you can get a new show from us every week basically search the world wide webs however you care to and we come right up that's iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Player.fm, Stitcher, and of course, TheMovieGuys.net. Absolutely free. And we encourage you to subscribe where you can, uh, especially iTunes. And if you do, still, no charge, No Paul. charge. You can also find our showcasts like the one you're listening to on a couple of internet radio stations as well, including JonasMountRadio.com, Thursdays at 6 Eastern, and WBAD.net, Fridays at 4 Eastern. Enough housekeeping, please. Uh, tell your friends, uh, share and like posts and videos and all that stuff. I'm your host for the hardest working podcast on the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Adam Witt, Lee Caius, and Karen Volpe. Later on in the show, we'll be joined by writer and producer of the web series Millennial Parents, Jake Green. Yay, Jake Green. Yay. Uh, stick with us. We've got some great movie conversation coming up and a look at Bible-based movies in development. Hmm. Uh, but first, our signature movie previews of what's new this week, starting with... The Bible-based movie Exodus, oh. <laughs> Gods and Kings, directed by Ridley Scott. And you have no shortage of diversity in this week's film choices, because you can either go with the director of Alien and Blade Runner, or go with the director of My Wife is Great and Black President. <laughs> I don't think those are the titles, but just like Chris Rock, as the director of those movies, I gave it a good shot. Here's a clip. What's up? This is Andre Allen, and when I listen to satellite radio, I listen to Serious Hits 1. That's good, just, uh... Just make it a little funnier. Funnier? Put a little stank on it. Stank. Nice and funny. Go. What's up, mother? <laughs> this is my Andre Allen. Or scratch my nuts, that is. First take was good. <laughs> <laughs> Among other things, this seems like the story of a comedian that tries to make it as a serious actor. Oh, you mean like uh, Will Ferrell and Everything Must Go? No, no, it's nothing like Will Ferrell and Everything Must Go. Whew, good. All right, but. <laughs> it does look interesting. That's top five. Did I say top five? That is the name of it, right? No, the top five. I didn't say that. That's, I don't that's think the he movie. gets enough acting work, and I mean Brian Regan. 
Yeah. Oh, Brian Regan. He's the guy recording he's that the uh, DJ. spot. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think he does a lot of commercials, right? I don't know. Oh, I haven't really? seen him anywhere. But this might be the first uh, um, Chris Rock movie to kind of transfer him, him like the, what we like about him to the movies from what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, what's the Bad Company? That didn't do it, for example. Bad Company? Yeah, the, with him and CB4? Anthony Hopkins. Oh, <laughs> CB4. Wasn't that Schumacher? Him and Anthony it was an action movie. But anyways, yeah. It's an, it, Lethal Weapon 4, okay? That, there you that go. Didn't yeah, exactly. That's not the Chris Rock. That's not going to deliver all the Chris Rock. And as a result, I don't think Chris Rock is a very good actor. I think he's a brilliant stand-up, but in these movies outside of maybe New Jack City, where he's pretty good, um, <laughs> which we have the poster hanging here for those of you who can't see it. What was his name in New Jack? I, I want to say Mookie, but that was definitely not. Let's do the right thing. Do the right do thing. Right I think thing. that Chris's show... Or the New York Mets. Go ahead. I think that show that Chris uh, <laughs> produced and wrote, Everybody Loves Chris, convinced me that he's a good actor because I keep thinking that the little boy is him and that little boy is a really good actor. Yeah. And then I keep thinking he's really hot because the dad in that is so hot. So I'm real confused with my Chris Rock thoughts because I just think he's a hot actor. I say Chris Rock, now a you hot think, kid. Now you think Terry Crews. And that's a good thing. Whatever happened yeah. to Everybody Hates Chris? It's awesome. I think it just it finished its season, yeah. yeah. But it, was, it got really good Ran reviews. It and did a lot more seasons than I thought it yeah. did. Oh, and Terry Crews is just so cute. Ah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh that's the show right there. All right. For the TV guys, when we go to TV guys, Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> all the way. Good. And Eaten Alive. All and Eaten Alive, shows. the Toby Hooper movie. Yeah, those are. Oh. All right, let's get to our first uh, film of the week, Exodus. All right, Paul. All right. Wait, don't, don't, don't leave. That's just that's the name of the movie. It's just the name oh, of the movie. Oh. 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 I thought we got out of having oh, to talk about the movie. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, okay, good. It stars Joel Edgerton. Whoops, I think I left my car running. All right. Let's no, wait, wait. Get, get back here. Get back here. Get back here. Oh. oh. Why? Why? It's Exodus, Gods and Kings. All right? Let's talk about it. Okay. Adam? When Cameron was in <laughs> Egypt's land, <laughs> let my Cameron go. I feel like Cameron right now. <laughs> Absolutely. What do you get when you take a foreign actor known for his fiery temper and put him in a movie set in ancient times, directed by Ridley Scott? Gladiator, starring Russell Crowe? No. Well, yes, but no. Oh, you also man. get Christian Bale in Exodus, Gods and Kings. That's right, Paul. Sunday school videos are about to get a whole lot more exciting as Moses gets a gladiator upgrade in your faith. Yes, just wow. in. Wow. Just in. Holy <laughs> shit. Good job, Adam. We did totally nail the landing on that. I stole the joke from a better comedian. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't tell it as well. But no. you committed like a Russian gymnast. It was amazing. Right? I even pointed at the camera. Fuck yeah. I don't right. know who he stole from, but I never heard him do it. So <laughs> it so can't be that good. It's all you now. Mm -hmm. Just in time for Christmas, it's the story of Moses. Ridley Scott, the director of Prometheus and White Squall, has added swords and chariots to Uncle Irving's telling of the Passover story in Exodus, Gods, and Kings, as Moses is portrayed so pissed off that only Christian Bale could play him. Here's a clip. I am a god. I am a god! Oh, good for you! <laughs> Giving the Pharaoh what for. Exactly the same. The story is so legendary that you could base a religion around it, and so epic that you could make it into a movie six times. Ramesses and Moses are raised in Egypt as brothers, but when Moses finds out that he is adopted and Jewish, <laughs> he hides 600,000 Jews where nobody would look. Indianapolis. Okay, all right, it's Israel. But at the time, kind of the Indianapolis of the Middle East. 
Moses takes the Jews across the Red Sea to Mount Sinai. Seems a little far-fetched to me. I mean, I've been on the Beverly Hills community bus for an outing to the Hollywood Bowl, and it was hard enough to get 60 Jews to agree on the best route to take across town through Hollywood. I'm just saying they all have opinions. Ramesses, the Pharaoh king, declares all-out war with his brother Moses, the, I don't know, leader, union organizer? I don't know. What was his formal title there? I don't know. I think it was formally known as the chairman of the Jews. This is Jerusalem! Is that the 300? (laughs) Now, when you think Moses, what comes to mind? A stately man of piety or an ass-kicking gladiator? Right, an ass-kicking gladiator. They want Charlton Heston to play a Mexican. Luckily for all the updates to the famous story, they don't replace Moses' trip down the river with a speedboat chase or include a sharknado as one of the many Egyptian plagues represented here by the best special effect of all, the wrath of God. Fire. Power of God or something. There we go. Or something. (laughs) They've gone through all the trouble of gathering a multicultural cast. A Scotsman, an Englishman, a Welshman, and still Hollywood gets crap for not having enough diversity in their movies. What do you want? A Dane, an Aussie, and an Irishman? Would that be enough diversity for you? Would it? You wouldn't know it from the trailer, but the film also features Aaron Paul, but we dug out a clip of him in the film. Here it is. Yes, science, bitch! (laughs) Spoiler alert, God kills him for blaspheming about science. And John Turturro shows up as the Jew. Tommy, you can't do this! You don't bunk, guys! It's not right, Tom. I can't do it. It might have been Miller's Crossing. <laughs> I think that's from Miller's Crossing. How will Christian Bale match up to cinema's most famous Moses, Charlton Heston? Pretty good when you contrast these two takes on their most famous lines from the Ten Commandments. Go ahead. Let my people go. What the fuck is it with you? See? They both kind of... <laughs> yeah. Very similar. Very As similar. we say, make it your own. So he just, you know, right? he just made that line his own. Exactly. Heston have an Oscar? Did he win for Ben Hur? I think everything won for Ben Hur. Yeah. I mean, I really think did. that's why this is coming out in, in, you know, uh, Oscar time. It already was not nominated for visual effects at the VES Awards, I Ooh. believe. I believe those nominations have come out, uh, or they shortlisted them and it wasn't there. Wait. Or, or they shortlisted the Oscars and it wasn't there. Either way. There are other movies getting more uh, special effects love than this one. I think that's probably the best chance this has at any kind of awards. Did it get nominated for any acting awards or anything? No. Really? No. A director, producer, no. nothing like well, that? Because no. special effects, I mean, Guardians, the Galaxy, it's going to be hard to beat them, I think, probably for visual effects. <laughs> They've got raccoons and trees, and they all have heart, and they're fluffy, and you know, people seem to love them. <laughs> yeah, well, to the tune of $330 million or whatever. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't know if this will make that. Yeah, no talking raccoon. Is there a holiday for this particular story of the Bible? There's plenty of them. <laughs> Who hears read the Bible? Is it, so, it's, so it's Passover, right? Like it's Pass- the story of Passover. And a few others. And a few others? Yeah. Like what? I think so. Well, they were out there for like 60 years or something. So they had... But they give, we give one holiday then? No, wait, wait, no, wait, no. What are you asking, Paul? I'm asking if there's a holiday based on this story. On the story of Moses? Of Exodus and the Mo- yeah, oh, okay. and all that stuff. Passover's the big one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, we're getting a thumbs up. Pa- thumbs up. <laughs> well, Passover is definitely the biggest <laughs> Jewish holiday, but that's not this. But it's story. not the birth of Christ, so it's a weird time to put. Oh this wait, story. but Hanukkah might have been this at this time too. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> well, we don't know anything because they were only had so much oil because they're out in the desert being chased by the pharaohs. No, 
Let's tune into the religion guys and see what they have to say about it. All I know is whenever I see movies like this or Moses or anything, it always reminds me of holidays where you get up early and you're in your bathrobes. God, a lot of just, robes. A lot of robes. Robes and sandals. Yeah. <laughs> like the movie The Robe. Ridley Scott has become, I think Karen said this the other day, the, the, the homer of filmmakers. Yeah. He can't make a movie now that he can't turn into like a three-hour epic. Yeah. If he told the story of like... Uh, Little House know, on the Prairie. Yeah. It would be a three-hour epic and Here's everybody would be in robes. Of and robes and sandals. <laughs> and they'd be cut. They'd all yeah. have six packs. Time Warner taking over AOL. Three-hour epic. <laughs> yeah. It would have all that. Chariots. You can't do it small anymore. Who sees these movies? Who are these movies for? What happened to the director of Someone to Watch Over Me? These what are not movies here? for chicks. <laughs> these are not movies for guys who like to blow things up. I have no these, interest in Are these movie. movies for people who go to church? I wonder if it will reach I that think audience. I for sure. I think, is that it? Because well, no, who else is well, seeing this? But, but think about when you were a kid and you watched all these biblical epics that bored you. This one looks so exciting. I like like if I... your parents are going to go, all right, let's go see a story from out of the Bible. You'd be like, yawn. But you see this. There's tidal waves and swords and horses and... All kinds of, and Christian Bale screaming. I know, but I, I don't. I wasn't a religious kid, so I never saw those other movies unless they happened to be on, and we couldn't yeah. find anything else to watch. But on purpose, who puts their kids in a car and takes them to a building to watch this? But how much a better than like somewhere? Last Temptation yeah, of Christ I, I, or something. This I is guess you're know, right. But, but then again, I think on. it could go the other direction. I think real religious people could go, "What have they done with three yeah. hundreding up this? What did they do to the spectacle? one with the water there? The Moses, uh, the." Floody one. Noah. Yeah, yeah Noah there's got all sorts of creatures and stuff. They got pissed at that movie. The, the religious one. people. I don't think this one that goes that far. All right. Floody one. You the know what I'm saying. The floody one. Totally floody. You say you're not religious? <laughs> What's the floody <laughs> Bible story? Hard to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one that's all pillar of salty? Which, which Bible story is, is that? Is there a holiday based on <laughs> Moses? So this means that all of those church rec rooms are going to have to upgrade to Blu-ray or to a DVD player and some good big screen TV. Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. In 3D. This is in 3D. It has to be in 3D. This is the Bible in 3D. That you know, Before this movie sounds like the worst idea. But when you see the giant, uh, you know, the Red Sea uh, giant tidal wave at the end of the trailer. The floody part. This, the, floody the floody part, part. of this story. You know what? I just realized why it's in 3D because they need somebody to literally just keep pushing on the kid going, wake up, wake up. 3D, look, and then the seats just poke at him and go, stay with us, stay awake. It's like whenever we're watching TV together late at night, I'll start to watch Breaking Bad or something, and he'll start to zone out. I give him one, I let him start to fall asleep, I go, honey, stay with the movie. And then the second one, I just let him sleep, and I watch it to the end. Well, I like Breaking Bad, but we shouldn't watch it at one in the morning. But then he makes Floody in his bed. Right. And then I have to be like, wake up, go go to the bathroom. Don't make Floody in your pants. All right, wait a second. I got some big names waiting out here to come in. So, uh, what? Well, this I is, saw the line outside. Yeah, this isn't the first Bible tale that's gone epic in hopes of big box office success. Films like Passion of the Christ it was huge, right? And even the animated Prince of Egypt made $100 million. So, all the Ridley Scott caliber filmmakers in Hollywood want in. So, Karen and I here have decided to hear pitches... Sure. About these projects Absolutely. from Hollywood's elite. These guys have been developing more Bible movies. And I want to bring all them in we here. do here in the garage. I was gonna say, you, you guys have decided to take meetings. Yeah. Well, you know <laughs> hey. what? If you can't get a meeting, you take, take a meeting. Go. If it's going to be a hit, we want in, right? <laughs> so go ahead. Send in the fil- first uh, filmmaker. Who do we all have right. here? Hi, sir. Hi, I'm David Fincher, and I've got a great adaptation of Cain and Abel, the world's first murder mystery. Oh, I love murder mysteries. Very intriguing. Yeah. All right, so so we begin on Abel. You know, he's lying dead on an altar. Nobody's ever been murdered before, and so everyone's wondering who killed him. Cain's life unravels because of a crime that he swears he didn't commit. But Cain killed him. Well, we don't know that. 
Well, we do. It's Oh, sure, now, but in the movie, we don't know. Could be anybody. Could be you, could be me. It could only be Abel or Adam or Eve. Yeah. Okay, it's not Eve. She has a solid alibi. Business retreat. Okay, then it's one of two other people in this world with a population of four, where one has died and one was definitely in Tahoe. Yes, but I want audience to feel like they could have killed Cain. But they couldn't have because they weren't born yet. Okay, in a literal sense, no. Uh-huh. Right, and who's even doing this investigation? Detective Ray Scalacci from Brooklyn. He's a grizzled old cop who's only two days from retirement. But there are only all... three people on the earth. Well, he's a character we've made up to help tell the story. Okay, get the hell out of here. All right, up. next. Uh, hi, I'm Paul Feig. Uh, this is director of Bridesmaids and The Heat. I oh, like gl- glad glad you heard of The Heat, because mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock and Melissa McCarthy are back in a comedic adaptation <laughs> of Jonah and the Whale, entitled Joanne and the Whale. <laughs> it's loosely based on the biblical tale about a young boy who tries to run from God, only to be swallowed whole by a giant whale. Very loosely, because you've cast women. <laughs> it's what I do, Paul. Joanne and the Whale is the story of a skinny, pretty girl, played by Sandra Bullock, who gets trapped in the body of, well, Melissa McCarthy. Sounds like all of me. Meet Shallow Hale. Exactly. Not the film you. Well, things go hilariously wrong during surgery, cosmetic surgery, when a curious nurse wants to see what a liposuction hose would feel like on her lips. Joanne, played by Sandra Bullock, is accidentally sucked into the body of Melissa McCarthy, the RN assisting the procedure. Okay, I think what you're hoping for is a perfect mix of Melissa McCarthy's physical comedy and Sandra Bullock's, um... Voice? Well, it's two souls living in one body. Hilarity ensues as the glamour puss literally sees the world through the eyes of someone who actually has to work for a living. No. Get out of here, Paul Fig. Shouldn't you be remaking 48 Hours with Reese Witherspoon and Queen Latifah? (laughs) Yeah, get out of here, Fig. I like that. Who do we have next? Hi, I'm Kevin Feige of Marvel Studios, and I think that's how I pronounce my name. And our team has put together an adaptation of the creation story that's going to knock your socks off. We begin with the character of Darkness. He's giant, he's black, he's infinite. We've got some models and designs from Weta on this. It's amazing. I'm listening. And then he meets God. All right, we're talking to Pacino. God's got different ideas. He wants light, and he's prepared to do anything to get it. He's got a device he calls the Big Bang. We've already got some designs from Mattel in the Big Bang playset and the Bouncy House for Kids. No Kinsiera will be without this thing. So it's God versus darkness? That's just the first act, a battle of cosmic scale. Now, I've got some previs from Imaginary Forces on this. I'd love to show it to you. I don't see how darkness can be a compelling character. Well, you saw what we did with trees in the Guardians of the Galaxy. What do you see what we do with gradations in light? Okay, so where does it go after God beats darkness? Well, at the end of the credits, we reveal Earth. Big twist, big surprise. Turns out there was a little more to this Big Bang. How much? Audiences will find out the following summer in Earth, the creation part two, day two. Wait a minute, how many parts are in this? Well, there's one movie per day of creation, so eight, just like in the Bible. In the Bible, God created the earth in seven days. Yes, but we're turning the final installment into a two-part finale. But that's the day God rested. We're Marvel. We made $200 million overseas just talking about it here with you. Now, can I show you some amazing character designs we've got for the sixth day when God creates all the talking animals? Congratulations, Kevin wow, Feige. I think I'm you're the guy. Yeah, well, we, we, oh, we go for the money cow. in the end. I see. <laughs> We're in a garage for the love of God. Mm. And I want to expand this thing. So, we'll, who doesn't back Marvel? I mean, it's what you do. They always win. But get out of here, Feige. Thanks, right. Paul. Bye. <laughs> we have another uh, film to talk about. Now, Lee, are you back? I, I'm back. Okay, Thank you for. Uh, <clears throat> I can tell asking. by the 
clarity of your voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk about top five. Now, nobody's quite sure what top five means. Do we got? Seems like the title of part one of a two-part adaptation of a David Letterman top ten list. But here we go. It's about time for the top five. Why five? Because the man would never give me ten of anything. I'm lucky to get five. See, all I see are muscles and rippling chests now. That's all I see. In Top 5, Chris Rock plays a stand-up comedian that sounds just like Chris Rock. Now that's a character we can all get behind. Especially Karen. Oh, yeah. The movie portrays Rock as a stand-up comedian, Andre Dre Allen, who had a great stand-up career, but then went on to star in some completely embarrassing movies and now tries to resurrect his career by making a prestige picture. Wait, hold on. Is this the adaptation of Chris Rock's life or Eddie Murphy's? Well, he succeeds. Oh, then I guess it's Chris Rock. Now, the film is set during an all-day press campaign, going from interview to interview. It's a format that allows Chris Rock to interact with all the other characters, mostly as a stand-up comedian doing stand-up jokes. Now, that's a plot line for a Chris Rock movie we can all get behind. Especially Karen. Sure. See, see how I'm doing that? Thank you. I'd, I'd like to get behind him because that guy has a nice ass, too. This, this is, is what I'm good. saying. With Chris Rock? No, no, who the, I think of when I yeah, think of Chris uh, Rock. Terry Crews. Yes. Okay, I want to make that clear. The Chris Rock that's in her head when is she... Terry Crews. Is Terry Crews. But the plot thins as Dre is being followed by a reporter played by Rosario Dawson, who I assume he's going to fall in love with or at least reassess his life to attain love of. I won't even get into how much I'd reassess all over Rosario Dawson. Again, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but the trailer already has. They fall in love. Stupid trailers. <laughs> The movie, the movie is being called Woody Allen-esque. I assume that's being said because it's an earnest, introspective comedy about blossoming love with a Manhattan backdrop, and not because it's high potential for tennis murder. The film is written and directed by Chris Rock <laughs> and produced by Scott Rudin, who is known for producing No Country for Old Men. Eli Bush, also, who is uh, known for producing The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And Jay-Z and Kanye West, who are known for producing A General Annoyance. Not since she took the form of a shirtless Patrick Swayze and ghost has Whoopi Goldberg done this much gender bending. I got married a lot of times, but I wasn't into the wedding and everyone knew it. I should have been into the guy. Ah, uh, Whoopi not being into the guy. That's the reason her marriage has failed. Yeah, sounds about right. With Chris Rock's film featuring a bevy of American uh, African-American actors and comedians bevy, on screen. A bevy, <laughs> Uh, this has sharp social and satirical comments on reality TV and even hip-hop culture. This looks to be a dark comedy. Too soon. That's not what I meant at all. Oh, good. <laughs> this movie has strong word of mouth. Some portions of the internet have even said that if this movie was measured in vegetables, that a significantly larger portion of those vegetables would still be usable in some sort of salad and or sandwich, and a smaller portion <laughs> of them would have to be thrown away. That is how serious they are about this movie. <laughs> this movie digs under the surface of show business, politics, rap, and being rich and famous, and reveals how even black people have problems. I will tread lightly on this. Paul and I were talking about Posters for black movies. I don't see you treading lightly, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> and by tread lightly, I will speak slowly and softly, <laughs> but I will still say the same words. Why does it seem as though all black movie posters are nothing but the names of every single actor that's in the movie? Hmm. That's true. Your lottery ticket. 
your, uh, your best friend, shop. best friend's holiday, your best man, your it best, is man's best man's holiday, best friend's holiday. You got Karenitis. <laughs> I think it's because these movies that you're talking about are all star productions. They have all these black stars. In yeah, it. that's like the best thing. man. Holiday has like ten legitimate, well known people, so they just stack them all up. You know, I think that might be the answer. Yeah, so did JFK, but it kind of said Kevin Costner, JFK. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tim Robbins, the player. Well, look, JFK, the president, is going to be bigger than everybody in that movie, I have to say. Yeah. I kind of like the idea of giving everybody credit. I well, I love that Brian, cool. you mentioned Brian Regan. He got credit. That's well, cool. Well, that's what I'm saying is it's not done on any other poster. It no. doesn't seem to be done on... Robert Altman movies did it. Did they? Yeah, but that's, that's true. a while back. Did Amadeus do it? No. The black... Lee Black Daniels, the butler, poster. did it. I'm oh, just, wait a second. I'm there just you go. saying. You're that's making it, my that's point. Your point. <laughs> I kind of like that. If I were finally in a movie, I'd want my name on the damn poster. No, I agree. Cool. Sure. I'm just noticing that's a trend. You know what's funny, though? Uh, you you mentioned that, and I can't remember if it was the... Uh, uh, I went to high school with a, a comedian who's in Best Man Holiday. He's in a bunch of these Kevin Hart movies, and he's, he's kind of... He plays to black crowds, but he's a white comedian. And uh, he wasn't on the. He was the only cast yeah. member no. that wasn't on the cast. What was it? It was a recent. I remember one, right? that. Oh, yeah, they go yeah. to it Vegas. A, it was like uh, a man think too. Like a man too. Think like a man too. Yeah, exactly. The Vegas one. And so the the I think it was the Entertainment <laughs> Weekly article, or no, there's a DVD cover has everybody from the cast except him. <laughs> but it, you know, I, I'm sure he doesn't have that gigantic a part in it. He, I, but I, I, I maybe he does. I don't know. I just I just thought, well, he is the white guy in this movie. Well, you I'm know? just wondering how the conversation is had with everyone's agent. Is that a con- is that a conversation that everyone's agent has? Do they negotiate to get on the poster, or is it just assumed I'll be on the poster? Hmm. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Maybe that is a, like a hard. Maybe that's a maybe that's a particular tactic employed by African American agents. Employed maybe by Morris Chestnuts agent. <laughs> Morris Chestnuts agent. <laughs> Strong arming Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, you know, from those Sony uh, hacked emails. Mm-hmm. They released. They're, they're they're starting to put together some interesting facts from those. Turns out Kevin Hart's kind of a prick. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, uh. that was that was leaked in the Sony. Uh, he wouldn't he wouldn't tweet as a part of doing press. Now he has a point. I was gonna say I don't know if that qualifies as yeah. Tra- right? Traditional press. Well, he, he wanted some money to tweet. Oh, but, you know. Anyway, <laughs> that's think, a fine line. That's think, a fine line. Well. I mean, it's it's true. It's not traditional press. But Karen, like you said, if we finally make it into a big movie like that, you're going to tweet, right? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to tell everybody, even wake up people in the middle of the night and let them know I'm in the movie. Yeah. Phone calls. They're going to be like, stop telling me. I'll be like, look, I'm calling you again. And on the poster. I'd be like, I want to be on the poster. I'll go around and write my name on the poster. I'm just a team player once I get to play on the team. I don't care what team it is. As soon as you're drafted. I'm on and 100% ready. Who is the best stand-up turned actor? Wait a minute. That well, oh, my head just exploded. Steve Martin. Are you asking who ended up being the best actor, or who was the best stand-up ever that decided to act? Hmm. Who's the who has the best acting career from okay. former stand-up comics? Okay, that's a very different question. It is. Well, yeah, because I think there. Are, I thought you were asking who's you the just best. Made the transition. Yeah, I, I'm convoluting it. Don't worry. About yeah, it. I'll, I'll, <laughs> tonight act. Guy who did stand-up now acts. Who's the best? <laughs> <laughs> At Wait, what though? <laughs> best at what? What about comedians who sit down? At acting. <laughs> okay, it's at like, acting. Who's the best? Like if you said who's the best rock star turned actor? Well, let me give you, you an example say, of what I'm saying. At rock? No, no here's go at acting. Here's what I'm saying. Chris Rock might be the best stand-up that's ever tried to act, but he's not doing a good job at acting. Right. Well, that would be who's the best stand-up ever. Okay. 
But well, who's true. the best actor? Yeah, but Steve Martin mm-hmm. was, was a great stand-up, and now he's I, got a really sizable and really, uh, you know, you can look at his acting career and not be embarrassed by you it. You mean best actor or funniest actor? No, Karen got it right. Steve Martin. <laughs> I think I think Karen's right, too. Yeah. I mean, wow. We'll yeah. have to mark this down in I mean, history. well, All of Me, Roxanne. Yeah. And then... Yeah, but those, you go through Eddie Murphy's. Well, George Carlin his in uh, that little kid show with the trains. Charlie the Train. What's the train? That wasn't a movie. Thomas oh. the Tank. George Carlin was Thomas in the Car Tank. Wash. That's retarded TV, which is why we don't do TV. <laughs> George Carlin was in Car Wash. Retarded TV. And, and Bill, Frank Leonard Jai uh, was in We also have to look wash. at um, Billy Crystal, He, even Ooh. though he wasn't... Oh, you know, yeah. he's very sizable in both of those. Oh. Jake... Jake says Robin Williams. Yeah. Might have a point. Oh. Robin Williams? Over longevity of career. Best actor. And best actor. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Stevie doesn't have any, uh, Steve Martin doesn't have any Oscars, does he? No. Robin Williams. That's probably the yeah. the best actor that was a stamp comedian. That's got to be. Which was the original question, correct, Paul? Jesus Christ. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> let's get Jake on to explain something. <laughs> uh, I want to have a little more fun with top five here, but we're going to take a break, figure out what actors are. And uh, we'll be back in 30 seconds. After we hear from our sponsor, we'll have Jake Green. Yeehaw! Hillbilly Horror Show, the series Wicked Channel, gives 9 out of 10 stars, is now on DVD. BestHorrorMovies.com says it's a lot of fun and I'm itching for more. It's your real. If you love horror films and want to see the lovely Lulu played by Rachel Faulkner featured in Maxim strutting around in her Daisy Dukes, pretty as a hog, wallering in the mud, then Hillbilly Horror Show is for you. Grab your copy at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, or visit us on the web at HillbillyHorrorShow.com. That may be the last time we hear from the uh, uh, the Hillbilly Horror Show for a while. but um, So I'll remind you to check out their show, hillbillyhorrorshow.com. If you're listening to us, you obviously like movies and comedy, so that's kind of what they're doing. <laughs> and you like hillbillies. And if you like hillbillies, well, if, you, if you're listening, if you're listening to, to us, us, you love hillbillies. That's or whores. Definitely whores. <laughs> horror show. Oh, horror sorry. show. I still would like to see that girl walking around her Daisy Deuce. We just get, you know, your guy friends who are like Trying to make that comedians. happen in here. Yeah, we'll Fine. see. Fine. Uh, some, some Daisy Deuce. Do you have any on you? <laughs> I know that sounds like it, it sounds like a pitch if you're trying to get like an 11 year old in the 80s to watch a movie, right? When they didn't have access to much, it's like see a woman you vaguely know walking around in jean shorts. Yeah. And they're like, sign me up, I'll do that. Joyce Dewitt in Ooh. jean shorts. Oh, you know DeWitt. we can't show you boobs. <laughs> you're not yeah. expecting that, but short shorts. Well, you heard him here. Let's uh, introduce now our uh, special guest, who's the producer and writer of, among other things, Millennial Parents, a comedy web series that can be found at millennialparents.com. Jake Green, everybody! Alright, enough of that. Uh, Jake, how are you? I'm I'm overwhelmed by that introduction music. Kind of amazing. Jake was sitting in our green room during the first half of the show, and uh, he came up with Robin Williams as best actor. Yes. Uh, yeah, you're right. Used to be a, a best actor who used to be a stand-up comic. Hey. Did didn't he get both best actor and best supporting actor Oscars? Uh, same year, same year, for the same role. That's how good he was. Never, not not true. That did not. He happen. won best supporting for Good Will good Hunting, Hunting, but he was nominated for Good Morning Vietnam and. Uh, and uh, Goodwill Hunting, and he won for Goodwill Hunting for uh, Best Supporting Actor. Did I just? He get was here? not also nominated for Best Who? Actor in that same year. Oh, okay. Who put a nickel in you? <laughs> I know. I, f- I wish it was like a dollar, so be less. It would happen less what often. But happening? you're so cheap. If your life had a poster, you'd be every name on it. <laughs> Jesus. You mean he didn't win for Patch Adams? <laughs> Not so much. Not so much. Or Jumanji. 
What is your favorite movie of all time? We ask every guest who comes in here. It's hard. It's so hard. Um, I'm probably The Godfather, but you know my my interest in what I've been uh, lately in movies. I've been trying to figure out if movies that I loved as a uh, teenager still stack up. So I've been watching like a series of those. Oh yeah. <laughs> the movie I've I've refallen in love with is uh, Dazed and Confused. Oh, okay. It's not not the favorite. I think still loses to The Godfather by uh, by a nose. But uh, but those respectable choices are so boring. I retired my top ten, so I can just I go sneakers. People are like sneakers. Your love favorite sneakers. movie? Yeah, yeah, it is. Love sneakers. <laughs> we we could we could spend the next we could spend a long time talking about sneakers, which by the way is another one of those movies where they just would have all eight super famous people listed on the poster. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and all their faces and names. Yeah, you're right. The, the names that vertically, one of them. the faces horizontally. Yeah. Sneakers, with a, what, is they, what is the line? My voice is my passport. Verify me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Say the name passport. Yeah. People pay you to break into their oh. places so people don't break into your places. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, we're going crazy. I mean, have you caused? Every, <laughs> everybody is in that movie. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's a great movie. Yeah. But New Jack City, we were just saying, Adam says, does not hold up. Correct? Uh, no. Now, Because I remember liking that. I liked it in the theater. I thought yeah. it was great. I, I Look, I didn't see it as, as, as a youth. As a youth. I didn't see it as a youth. What's the a two youths. I just saw it in the last year, and uh, Mario Van Peebles is just a terrible, like a 1989-style terrible yeah, director. Bit, bit ham-fisted. Which has a charm, <laughs> right? That 1989... Like you, you definitely fog the room down before you start shooting. You know, every room's got that, f- that you know, uh, like in Black Rain. You remember that movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ridley Scott's yeah, Black yeah. Rain. Yes. Rest in peace, Ken Takakura. <laughs> <laughs> he died. What am I gonna do? <laughs> you're, you're right. Those movies have a quality that makes me feel like I might have an asthma attack. Like because yeah. it seems yeah. very like full of of humidity. And someone comes yes. through on a yeah. bike and it swirls. And I'm right? like, I can't breathe really when I watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. I get a little. Yeah, and that, that was a big Tony Scott fan. Rest in peace, yeah. Ken Takamura as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but but if you ever watch uh, Cool as Ice, it is clearly a director of photography who only watched Tony Scott movies and really <laughs> wanted that atmosphere for this comedy, for the Vanilla Ice comedy. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's a serious movie. Oh, it was is it, cool as it, ice. Was Never he Rob Van Winkle at that point, or was he still no, Vanilla no, Ice? No, no, he was Vanilla okay. Ice. Oh yeah, yeah. He was vanilla cool ice. as ice. That was like ice. right away. That was your hot movie. Boom. Right. Exactly. No, can't waste any We're time. We're gonna give you the Ninja Turtles two soundtrack and Cool as Ice. <laughs> Canon Group likes what you're doing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna get behind you. Yeah. Trust Golan Globus with your Golan career. Golan Globus not gonna be a problem. Likes what they see in you, young man. <laughs> well, we're talking about your favorite movie, which you're going to go with Godfather. I, I think I, I think I got to go with Godfather. I also love there's there's a bunch of movies that are which let me just what interrupt is it say, about Godfather? Wait, let me just interrupt say on that that's the one I think that isn't boring of the old classics that you're talking about. Get no, it's stodgy not, it's over not time. Boring, but I'm just saying some of them do. M- Magnificent Ambersons. No, 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 but no, but nobody's going to list <laughs> Great that. Great film. All right, all right, all right. But, but, I, but I think nobody would really list that. I'm just saying it's one of those that like we recognize the quality, so it sort of stops discussion in a certain right. way. Mm. But but what do you take from that? Might might be a different. Well, angle. I mean, no, that's exactly the problem. Is that it's it's a glorious movie in almost every respect. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a conversation killer. But the uh, to, you know, I'd say other movies in my top five that aren't always in people's top five. I yeah. think Scent of a Woman is a fantastic oh, movie. Oh, yeah. I kind of I love it, and I, I know there's some holes, but... Is, it, you know. is there a sentiment there as well? Is it sort of well, like... You got, you got to is think, overacting a hole? I never thought of it as a but, hole. But keep in mind, <laughs> keep in mind, at the time he did it, 
there wasn't a there wasn't a body of work where he was doing that same type of character that he then repeated in yeah, a number of other movies. Yeah, he only done Dick Tracy, I think, to prep him for. <laughs> that's Spider-Man. true. That's true. He never quite got rid of Big Boy Caprice. However, <laughs> Dick Tracy, which which I remember mostly for the fantastic McDonald's Monopoly game that happened with it. You know, no one could Lips Manless was worth like a million dollars. I do not remember this. You don't remember that? They had all of the uh, you know, if you found Mumbles that was for, another movie, by the way, where everybody was in it. Dustin Hoffman is Mumbles, oh, now that, but not on the that, poster. That would be the yeah. complete poster. You're right. Only yeah. Warren Beatty was on the poster. Yeah, Big Boy did it. We've wow. got with this new New Jack City poster that's right behind you. I'm amazed at yes. the amount of punctuation in the in the log line. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're survi- This is in as you were saying. They used to have these just paragraphs on the poster. They, yeah. they definitely don't have this anymore. Go ahead and read it, Paul. No, where survival depends upon friends, trust, and power, comma, and (laughs) ellipses, an organized crime family out to run this city is up against cops who know its streets. That is a lot. You either going on the names. Not even a catchy description. You either going on the names across the top, or you're not going. I'm. I don't know what you just said. I sort of zoned out. Exactly. I'm guessing that my friends are like my family, and we're gonna take over the cops. It's a coming of age story. Yeah, I got to root for the bad guys. No. Well, those cops know its streets. That's the tough thing. And well, I was looking at that going, is that it IT cops? apostrophe S? It's streets. That would be it is streets. So it's showing ownership of the streets. Does that mean the cops are the streets right. and they know it? I think that's what it says. <laughs> I'm getting confused. <laughs> they should have just put that. When the cops are the streets, know who your friends are. There you go. I understand that. Because survival depends on that. The thing is, at the time the movie was made, people looked at that poster and they're like, wow, you got me with that stylish beret that he's wearing. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, It's really very, um, it's very beret and it's also very shoulder paddy. Very Black Panther. Yeah. What were you saying beforehand? Take this cast and what movie Uh, would they be in today? I would love it. Take this. If you if you were to cast Judd Nelson, Ice T, Wesley Snipes, and Mario Van Peebles in a movie today, what is that movie? Well, first of all, are they all still alive? That's a good question. Yes. Oh, they are. The yes. fact that we can't answer and, it right away. And Chris Rock. And Chris Rock is in that movie. Yes. Yes. Uh, I would say Universal Soldier Five. They would all be in. <laughs> they would not be in a movie I would go see. No. C- CB Five. I'm going with CB5. The sequel. All right, well, speaking of Chris Rock, let's go back to top five, as I promised. Now, in that film, Chris Rock is constantly asked his top five hip-hop acts, right? Every time he does this... Uh, I guess that's where the title comes yeah, from, Yeah, I think right? he does these, this press tour, and that's what everyone keeps asking him. So let me uh, be equally annoying and see what you guys can come up with for the following questions. Give me your lists for the following, your top five favorite movies. So this is going beyond one, because I can do three. Number one, Raiders. Number two... No Country for Old Men, number three, Broadcast News. All, elsewhere in the top ten are Pulp Fiction and The Godfather, but I'll plug them mm. into four and five just to I wasn't it up. told that there would be homework. Or a quiz. I was told there see, would be no thing. math. Yeah, we're just trying to, let's see off the top of your head, because well, as we always say, like, your favorite film of all time is your favorite film right now. So what's your top five right now? Shawshank's on the list for me. Yeah. That's Shawshank Godfather Sneakers and Dazed and Confused <laughs> <laughs> I've got eclectic days I need to go back and watch Dazed It should be eclectic Throwing the B movie with Jerry Seinfeld and <laughs> Renee Zellweger And we've got uh, We've got my weekend That needs to be thrown somewhere I'm going to throw Stuart Saves His Family on there <laughs> Along with Ghostbusters And yeah. then uh, you're, you're too deep And then uh, The one with all my boyfriends in it That we just watched Love Actually Yeah and then... Got to be Groundhog Day. I know. You Groundhog Bridget Day, Jones' yeah. Diary and, and Groundhog Bridget Day. Jones. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There it is. Right? And well, then, I'm going to go with Ed Wood, yeah. Big Lebowski, mm. 
Um, Few Good Men. That's three. Jack Reacher. Uh, today, yeah. yeah. Somebody I had a I had gotten a fight with a woman. <laughs> I stopped dating a woman who who said that uh, Jack Reacher was contrived and and like hackneyed. She's like, oh, the milky eyed guy. I'm like, yeah, I love the milky eyed guy. Zerzog. <laughs> like she said, that was such a a, a trite cliche. Bringing uh, in Herzog, oh, who everyone brings in Herzog to yeah, play the it's, villain. It's yeah. got to be weird with you though, Lee, because when you talk to your dates about movies. Don't they all have Rushmore. thick Russian accents? Yeah, they. <laughs> so they're like, I, I do not understand the bad guy is Russian. They should know Herzog. Right? At least he's from. That's all I'm saying. So I got four. Rushmore might be Eastern Europe. fourth. Break out oh, the Eisenstein go. films the next time you're on a date with the Russian. Russian girls. <laughs> love Eisenstein. Just bring up Mikhail Baryshnikov and you'll get a lot further. Yeah. Seen the. Seen the battleship Potemkin lately? <laughs> yeah, see how that goes. What do you got, Adam? Uh, well, my retired ones that I don't talk about as much, but uh, but these are obviously my real top fives. Uh, Star Wars, Avengers, um, and Heat and the Professional used to be way up there, Ooh. so I'll just keep them up there. Ooh. And, yeah, I just call Sneakers. I don't know. So, uh, this, this, there's some others <laughs> I love there. Sneakers. I'm going to go with Sneakers, today. too. Sneakers is going to be my fifth one, too. probably Empire Strikes Back, but, I, you know, that's boring to just go Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. I love how, how Phil Alden Robinson directed. Oh, no, direct- I'm sorry. Raiders is up there. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Of course. I love how Phil Alden Robinson directed oh, Field of Dreams. Life. And we're all talking about sneakers. Oh, I love it. Oh, right. Get in there. I'm I taking love it off. Field of Dreams. I'm taking sneakers out, putting in Wonderful Life. Top five actors. Go. Karen, I think you can nail this. Uh, Bill Murray, Julia Roberts, uh, Sandra Bullock, Colin Firth, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. There you go. Oh, see, I, I didn't realize you would be leaving people out like Hugh Grant and Liam Neeson. But, well, it's because I That's a good of, top five. Yeah. It's hard because they're all so great. I, Tom Cruise, I even got women in there, too. Tom Cruise will take up my first three. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, he demands to take up three slots. Yeah, I wish not, I, yeah. You don't have a choice. Exactly. Well, because he plays different variations on himself. Like, he's the confident Tom Cruise, and then he's the I don't know what's quite going on Tom Cruise, and the I'm figuring it out Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. and Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go back a little ways. Uh-oh. Jack Lemmon. Oh, Ooh. Jack Lemmon's the greatest. Jack Lemmon was such no a great No argument actor, there. Right? Yeah. In fact, now that you bring him up, I'm going to put him in my top five with Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, and Gene Hackman, one of the greatest. Uh, I'm noticing ever. there's not a lot of women oh, There's happening. another list. He's got another favorite. No, no, he said women and no, men. Oh. includes male and female. Julia At least I put both of them in there. I thought we were going to have a lady list later, <laughs> later you know on. It's, you know what's a great movie with Gene Hackman that I'm astonished has not been remade is The French Connection. Oh yeah. yeah Have you guys it. seen it? French Connection, French Connection too. Both great, great movies. Never seen the sequel. I've heard it's great though. The sequel yeah, is good. Yeah, they're both good. really good. And and it's you know with like the gambler coming back, that era is totally ripe for uh, for being you know butchered and overdone. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, kind of, I mean, I kind of, kind of would hate that at the same time though. But yeah, you're right. Well, <laughs> it, 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 I, it, it holds up in a '70s kind of way. It holds up in its era. Right. Hopefully, it's done more Thomas Crown. Than uh, in in the remake style than a lot of the remakes that have been done. I actually thought yeah. that was a pretty good remake. <laughs> the thing is, oh, Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Pierce Brosnan, right? Julia Roberts, one of my favorite actors. Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. What? She's in Thomas Crown Affair. That's no, Renee, in, Russo, Renee Russo. But fuck. No. <laughs> she would have been good in it. though. Renee Russo. There's my fifth. So there's my uh, my five uh, actors. You can imagine what it would have been like if Thank she was. You. Now, see, the thing about a remake of The French Connection, they're just going to shoot it digital and do that standard blue-gray sort of, like, overlay to, the make, laundry it, lens. to make it to make it dark and gritty. 
Like they'll put it on the dark and gritty like uh, uh, function in the in the computer and be done with it. Yeah, the fact that it was shot in 1970 <laughs> the first time means it's automatically dark and gritty. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You ever thought about the fact that maybe the reason everything was dark and gritty in the 70s and the 60s is because they were smoking on camera? Yeah, they were smoking. There were no smog regulations. Right. <laughs> the world was just dark. It was and just gritty. dirty and gritty back then. You got top five actors. No, I'm trying to think of a, who would star in a buddy cop movie called Dark and Gritty. <laughs> <laughs> Dark and Gritty. I, I think okay, Judd first. Nelson and Mario Van Peebles. There yeah. you go. <laughs> I'm dark and he's gritty. <laughs> Together we're fighting crime. Uh, top five, uh, top five, Adam had top five favorite fight scenes. I like Ooh. the scene in Bridget Jones' Diary where Colin Firth and Hugh Grant kick at each other. I may put that in my top five. That That's one is hilarious because they suck so that. bad at it's it. So funny. Oh, they, they get mad at each other and they just like uh, they're swinging and it's and they kick and then they go through a window and it's awesome. Yeah, probably like guys would actually fight. Yeah. The um, I, I would take a couple on two ends of the spectrum. I think there was a great fight scene that just was out in Twenty Two Jump Street. If you saw the uh, yes. fight scene with, with Jonah Hill and that woman who keeps taunting him for being old. Oh, yeah. And the uh, and then the one in Eastern Promises, just because like, I didn't oh, see yeah. that coming at all. Like yeah. the, the like... <clears throat> Never seen it. What the switchblade naked in a bathhouse against five assassins oh, no shit. fight scene was pretty <laughs> Viggo Mortensen, it's, it's freaking crazy. That scene is out of hand. Yeah, I mean, like the whole time I didn't really want to watch it, but I couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. It was... It was cr- it was just naked men uh, knife fighting. Well, they figured I think he was the only naked man. Sword fighting man, or knife they, fighting? Yeah, they didn't. You know, they didn't show his knife, which was helpful okay. to me. <laughs> yeah, they're lot. gonna they're gonna go in and get him where he could pot- not fight back at all. He's yeah. just sitting in a steam room, and then yeah. guys come at him. I like that you said it was bonkers. That makes me like it a hundred percent. It was. I just. <laughs> I was. A, it was one of those things where I hadn't been warned that it was happening. Yeah. And it was was like. Wow, they're gonna do this! It, kept, it just kept going on. It was like one of those Family Guy fight scenes between Peter and the chicken. Like it just kept. You're like, wow. There's, there's a naked scene in Borat or something with him and his manager that yes. goes on. Yes. Absolutely, oh, that's top a great fight scene. Amazing. amazing. They fight through an actual convention that's in a, a hotel, great fight scene. and it never ends. Like you said, they're like they're done. Oh no, they're in the elevator. They're done. They're in the hallway. They're done. They're they in the, they're in the trade show or whatever. Oh, that's great. They stop in the elevator. That's the best yeah. part. They stand on the side naked, and there's two people in the middle of them. Oh I love God. it. Oh, yeah. So Balls get in faces and stuff. That is a We saw a that in the theater. Scene. It was the first time I've ever seen a movie in the theater with Paul where he had to get up out of his chair and lie on the ground because yeah. he couldn't handle what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You get me laughing out loud, success, because... He was out of his chair. Oh, my it God. Was funny. It was disrupting the yeah, whole theater. I'm, it was too funny. I might have done that at the end of Bruno with that... Uh, f- There's a fight at the end. <laughs> That's great. At the oh, end of Bruno. Yeah, straight day, when straight they, Dan. Yeah, he plays... Have you ever seen Bruno? <laughs> yes. He's straight Dan, the, the, the MMA fighter. In the Arkansas... The Arkansas yeah. fighting thing. And they get inside. Have you seen this, Gary? Uh-uh, but I, I, I love that he's getting the, all of the best fight scenes. <laughs> well, it, brings up, it brings up a question about favorite And the Raiders movie, bar right? scene. Right. You see Van Damme work so hard, but really, really? It's Cohen's Borat, yeah. it, it brings up a question about favorite movie, right? Because Borat was, was one of my favorite movie-going experiences of yeah. all time. But no, no subsequent viewing will ever compare to that first time mm-hmm. that I watched it. And I yeah. didn't know anything was coming. And... When he's he's sitting at dinner with the with the family in Birmingham and talking about his brother who was kept in a cage and these people are like they're so polite <laughs> and it's just oh my gosh but but in subsequent viewings 
it hasn't been it's never been even no. close to as funny whereas a movie like Anchorman or you know something like Boogie Nights where I watch <laughs> those I see those multiple times and I it gets you know better each time yeah I look for uh, that movie was just such a mind blowing experience <laughs> the first time I saw it like I just cried and I watched it I saw it I was living in Nashville at the time and I watched it in Tennessee and midway through like three older couples who were deeply offended by the movie got up and left and everyone started laughing harder because it was so <laughs> awesome that that happened. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Raiders, Raiders bar the scene. The Raiders bar scene is a, a masterpiece of uh, of action filmmaking. Yeah. Kill Bill Volume 1 with the... Uh, the Crazy 88s. Or yeah, 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 exactly. I noticed you don't have uh, car chases on here. I thought that. Well, let's close out on that. Top the, five car chases. I don't know about top five, but the absolute best ever car chase ever is Mel Gibson's Payback, and that goes. That's a car chase that goes on for about fifteen <laughs> minutes. Oh, I don't remember this. I don't one. remember it's it. Ridiculous. Huh. Yeah, it's a deep cut, man. I mean, Thank obviously you. French Connection. Well, French Connection. Ronan and Bullet. Ronan. Yeah. Oh my God, Ronan. Yeah, Bullet. Bullet's yeah, great. Absolutely. French Connection kind of started the whole. How can we cut these things together and make them exciting? You know, like that. The editing in that film really oh, was like revolutionary. Kind yeah. Of. So that's a great one. And I'm sure something from the Fast and Furious movies I haven't seen. Yes. <laughs> no, not really. I hate, and, and of course, you got to go back to Raiders, the uh, oh. horse, horse versus truck. Truck chase. I the like arc. the chase in the Lone Ranger movie when they're on the train. That's a great scene. Oh, that's the most really good. One? Yes. Yeah. That's the only part of the movie that's really good. Yeah, yeah it that's is. That's pretty awesome. As soon as you hear, then. That, good. Yeah. Know, that movie's right? fantastic to I the know, end. That's right. The it's whole last inventive. 20 or 30 minutes of that movie were, were bonkers. Yeah, yeah. they were bonkers. <laughs> what a good callback, Lee. Yeah. Zing. Do you think Some might say bananas. <laughs> yeah, it was bananas. This shit B- is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Do you think Woody the, Allen's uh, bananas. Do you think the, uh, the horse versus car scene was even the best chase in the, uh, in the Indiana Jones trilogy? Uh, yes. Yes. What about the uh, what about the tank chase fight? That's scene? good. Number two. Yeah, that's good. That's not as good. It's littered with dumb jokes and stuff. Whereas oh, Raiders yeah, right. is on point for we have to get the <laughs> gotta get the arc in, or we all die. In 1981, where you didn't do a 15 minute long man versus horse versus truck versus jumping versus Nazis, and then it just keeps going. And it's it's why is it better. versus jumping? Sorry, whatever. And when I have to <laughs> test out a <laughs> jumping is the enemy versus jump. Hey, sometimes you don't succeed. And when I want to test out a uh, home Word. theater system i often pull out the the tank sequence though from crusade ah. absolutely where survival depends on man versus jumping it's <laughs> an organized crime family out to run the city as up against cops who are buildings yeah all right so here's something kind of fun if you look at the new jack city poster but you read the Pengar, penguins of madagascar slogan just get this it's the These movie the event that, that will blow up. their cover it makes it better it almost it does make works it better jerry seinfeld and renee zellweger the movie event that will blow their cover. New Jack City. New Jack City. What I like is that... Uh, <laughs> These are the posters that are up for anybody who's just listening. <laughs> <laughs> the the B-movie poster, actually the logline is buried below the release date. It says, hold on to your honey, but you wouldn't know that because... It's under November 2nd. Which is what I want to see when I look at New Jack City. I want to see, hold on to your honey. Hold on to your honey. By honey, we mean iced tea. Iced tea and Wesley Snipes. Look at, look at pre-computer graphics. Look at their faces on New Jack City. Yeah. <laughs> look how horrible that looks. What is happening? They here? all have beards. All right, well, let's talk right, to Jake for a second on. about what yep. uh, you got going on. Jake, tell us about millennial parents. It's 
you know, it's it's been sweeping the world. I would say <laughs> the nation, but it's it's. I mean, tell us. We all know it, but tell us about it anyway. It's a uh, it's it's a web series about um, about young parents who are having difficulty accepting that they can't really be as cool as they were before they started having now, who's kids. Who's this based on, Jake? I don't know. <laughs> it's, Any person you know? Any human being? It's, I was, you know, over the last few years, I've been having a series of experiences that have uh, reminded me that I'm not as young as I was um, when I was cool. And it started happening before I had kids, and then when I had kids, it was really just sort of blew it up in my face. You know, there's a fine line between cool older, older brother and creepy uncle, and a <laughs> A lot of people in this era of social media um, are having trouble letting go of that time when they were legitimately cool. And it used to be when people had kids, they would just, you know, go to the mattress for 10 years and they would just lose any affiliation with pop culture. They were like parents now. They didn't have to be cool. They did it the right way. Go ahead. And now you've got all these people, you know, people are judging you on social media and you're trying to, like, protect your individual <laughs> brand and you, you, like, have access to pop culture so you think you're still in it and you think you're still cool. And the problem is uh, you just can't put as much time into it and your preferences change. You start watching Disney Junior and it's just tough sledding. <laughs> I, um, I am having trouble relating to this because there was no point in my life when I was cool. <laughs> So the fact that I'm sliding into uncool perhaps is not a big deal for me. Easy transition. Yeah, I've been in uncool for most of my adult life. But Jake was cool. See, that's yeah. got to be hard when you've actually I mean, been still cool. Is. I don't know who he's talking about. With it's, this. Yeah, that's got to be different. I, I don't know if I was ever cool. The, the dad in our, in our series definitely was cool at one point. Um, but it's basically, I mean, the, it's, it's two-minute vignettes, relationship vignettes, about these parents who are having in the midst of an identity crisis that is sort of furthered by the fact that they have kids. So this isn't like one of those, oh, we've, we're new parents and now we wear Bjorns at the park. Look at us. Let's make jokes about our no, babies going to the bathroom. Sketches, yeah. It's it's much more you know it's it's much more uh, <laughs> commentary on sort of the lunacy of what happens to people as they try to sort of brand themselves in their family. You know, we we do an, we we've got an episode where. Um, it's clear that the the wife Annie, um, who is in a, a constant keep up with the Joneses uh, battle for who has a better life with her sister, um, her sister posts pictures from Disney World, and so she wants them to go to this theme park that their son isn't old enough to ride any of the rides. And and her husband calls her out. He says, "You don't really want to go. You just want the pictures, so people think that we had an awesome time there." And that's sort of like I see that all the time, where people post these pictures on Facebook. Check out what I'm doing. Yeah, where you look in the background and you're like, "That does not look like you had a good day." Like you can throw as many filters as you want, right? But like, I know that there's there's a line of like 40 people waiting in line for the one porta potty. If you look like in this picture that you should have cropped before you posted on Facebook, that was not a good time. But it's but it's much. It's almost like it's less about the experience that you have and much more about the experience that you want people to perceive that you had. Yeah, quick, get the photo before the kids throw up. And yeah, before everybody starts getting cranky. And yeah. Now I got a clip from uh, Fake Baby Romance. Yeah. So set that up at the top. Like how sure. So, so set up the clip. Oh, this is great. Uh, we, have, we don't <laughs> well, do this much on the show, yeah. do we? Uh, go ahead and set up the clip for us. <laughs> so fake baby romance, Annie, again, whereas Kurt, who's the dad in the show, he, he wants to be cool. Annie really wants to be sophisticated and, and 
uh, and polite and sort of a woman who has it all together. And when she gets sort of annoyed or she finds problems with something, she has trouble being direct about it. She sort of ends up passive aggressive and ends up sort of uh, sticking her foot in her mouth in other ways. And in this clip, she's with a, uh, a, a mom friend who's really annoying and overbearing and uh, wants their kids to wear matching T-shirts that say little hubby and little wifey. <laughs> How sweet are these? They totally have to wear them to the party later. But they're not married. <laughs> Obvi, but they're baby boyfriend and girlfriend. Tanner's more of a baby bachelor. Well, it's about time he got a rose. <laughs> okay, um, Jen, I'm not really comfortable with the idea of fake baby romance. <laughs> Why, do you think that Tanner's too good for Rose? <laughs> no. Is it her biting? Jen, lots of little girls scratch their hoo-ha that aggressively, Annie. I, did, I didn't and even... And her therapist know. told me that the screaming is only temporary and it's part of her self-expression. Of course. Then what? What is it? What year is this, Annie? What? I'm so disappointed in you. <laughs> oh, Jen, why would you even go there? Because you're not woman enough to say it to my face. Yes, I am. Say what? You don't want Tanner to date Rose because she's fat. Why would I care if she's black? <laughs> fat. <laughs> Why would I care if she's fat? That is not what you said. <laughs> in in my Oops. in my setup, it might have been good to mention that the other mother yeah. is African American. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah. kind of throws at you. Still, 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 we get it. And and is this kind of her thing? She sticks her foot in the mouth a lot. She does. There's a, there's another episode um, where uh, they're sitting at they're sitting and having drinks with friends of theirs who who are sort of like very sort of TED Talk cosmopolitan people like they're super excited about talking about about how cosmopolitan they are and they're talking about these the sort of the news issues of the day and the thing is Annie and Kurt don't watch the news because every headline threatens to kill their children <laughs> but Annie tries to play it off like she does and uh, so she starts trying to BS about you know, some headline about some embargo that's happening, and and she she just digs it deeper and deeper. So yeah, that's something that she does in her sort of quest to to be perceived as being more sophisticated uh, than she can I think be. I can get behind that character. Yeah, there you go. I think the one you would get into, Paul and, and Karen as well, probably is the the one that got on Huffington Post, which which is definitely much more the millennial parent sort of thing because they the, they come up with new. Uh, Directly, so baby uh, lullabies. lullabies. Yeah, so this and that was directly ripped from my life. Basically, <laughs> the um, the episode is about uh, how uh, a dad who was raised on like hip hop music in the '90s has trouble singing lullabies to his kid because, like, when I, and and it was from my life when I was growing up. My dad used to sing songs from his childhood to me when I was going to sleep. It was like Motown, you know, yeah, yeah. and like these were the songs, like. All the songs that I grew up with had explicit lyrics, right? So so now I've got a kid, and I'm singing. Like, I have to sing the radio-edited versions of songs or just totally omit words in the middle because even songs that you think should be sweet are not sweet, no. right? There's even And, and it extends beyond hip-hop. There's a, there's a song, if you guys know who Amos Lee is, he's got a song called Night Train. It's like a sweet lullaby-sounding song, but it's the lyrics are, I've been working on a night train. Uh, drinking coffee, taking cocaine, right? <laughs> it's all it's a wonderful song. I definitely sing it to my kid and change the lyrics to drinking coffee about the whole way. <laughs> you can't you but, can't there's no song that doesn't have this. I mean, you could be like, Well, well I wanna play that uh 
what is that song? Uh, uh, party rockers in there. How do you think? Like, <laughs> I'm just going to play that for my party for kids. It'll be fun. Yeah. There's a line in there. I'm going through these hoes like Drano. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's in there. And if you're not listening, you're, that's what you're putting on the kids. We end up, what we end up doing in songs, you just end up like saying something really loud during those points when it comes <laughs> up. <laughs> yes. But but it's, it's tough because even, you know, now, now with this, you know, unlimited artistic expression even the slow jams are throwing out you know throwing out dirty dirty uh well lyrics. I, I work up at city walk universal city walk was excited to launch their new stage they built up there with CeeLo green they're like the guy's huge he's got yeah. this huge career but don't do the do the forget you version of the song don't do uh-huh. you know and so but it doesn't matter because there's 2,000 people in City Walk, and when it comes time oh. to say it, now you have 2,000 people saying it instead of him just saying "f you." But it's, yeah. it's a dangerous world out there, you know. Yeah, he saw you. You can't escape it. So that, yeah, that, so I got to watch that one. That's that's the kind of stuff that we uh, that we talk about. These are these are challenges that are faced Lampoon. by challenges faced by uh, millennial parents that that other groups have not had to deal with. And I see you have thousands of hits because you get the right. Right time, it's about two minutes, like you said, two and a half sometimes. Yeah, the the idea is that it's you know digestible, like Sunday morning uh, cartoons of the paper would be digestible. So it's easy, like Sunday morning. That's a good one to sing to a kid. There, because <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? But <laughs> yeah, they're just a, a slew of wonderful follow up questions, depending on how old your child is. But yeah, I mean, the, the I've done, I've made a few different web series now, and and been sort of involved with. Uh, like the indie TV festival circuit and stuff, and and the one that uh, I got a clip from Distraction Team. Oh yeah, I've got an, I've got an animated show that it has nothing to do with parents, though there is a depending on what clip you pulled, there might be babies involved. Previously on the Distraction Team. Distraction Team. Army made a mistake. Dropped a bomb on an Iowa petting zoo. Y'all got three hours till the media finds out who done it. Come on, let's think about this. What does the heartland love more than fuzzy animals? Mayonnaise, Costco, tramp stamps. Hiding their porn? Guns, tank tops, <laughs> gaining weight. What about babies? <laughs> Distraction team! So then what happens? <laughs> they, they come up with a contest for the sexiest baby on the internet competition, <laughs> which sets off a riot because all the moms start destroying cities waiting to find out if their child won the sexiest baby on the internet competition. But the distraction team finds obviously something that that happened that they have to cover up. Their their job is whenever the government makes a mistake, their job is to distract the country with either memes or rumors or contests or anything like that. And so they're uh, they're a group of sort of uh, um, socially challenged young millennials who have seemingly the best job in the world, which is. They, they just surf the internet all day and come up with cool things to distract people. They have crazy access, but they have to work undercover. And so there's this whole problem for them, which is what good is being a covert secret agent if you can't tweet about it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have uh, bigger plans for either of these projects? You want to go into like a full uh, TV or film or anything? I'm actually hoping to downgrade all of these projects. <laughs> I want to, you know, I want to go in minimalist. Hopefully, no. I mean, the the hope is that you develop them and you're able to have a, a platform to make more of them and to do more stuff. What was fun when we were doing Millennial Parents, uh, switching between season one and season two, and I, I work with that on a really, t- I work on that project with a really talented. Uh, creative collaborator named Natalie Irby, who I've worked with on a number of projects. But she and I, when we moved from season one to season two, because of some of the press and exposure we got off season one, we were able to shoot a couple episodes in in a soundstage for season two. 
and uh, we we seems like we've got some big things coming for the next batch of episodes that we're going to do in 2015. So the hope is, you know, if it, if if the if you can sell something up to television, that's great. But as soon as you start like resting on that as as the only next option, you're not going to end up making anything else, and you're, uh, you know, it's a good way to stall a project. So we've got we've got a great a great cast and crew that that uh, work on it, uh, work on the show with us, and we're just excited to make more of them. I've heard it's very well AD'd. Yeah, we had a uh, we had an AD for season two who was who was distractingly good looking, um, but but other than the fact that and the fact that he almost uh, burned down my house by turning on a stove with his ass during production. All right, never mind. I heard he's not that great. Yeah, why'd you bring that? Up? <laughs> Everything's a minefield in your house. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's not large, but the uh, well, millennialparents.com. Is there a place to watch Distraction Team? Uh, not yet. Distraction not yet. Team right, is... Uh, but it played in the festival, right? Yeah, we uh, we premiered that at the New York TV Festival in October. And um, yeah, it, it people liked it a lot. And we're, you know, we're, we're having a lot of good conversations about both projects right now. I can't imagine it's easy to crank out a... Uh, animated film on, a, on, on an indie level, right? Super hard. Yeah. Yeah. We ended up, what we did with that project is we initially had some conversations with networks about that project and then realized it's really hard to sell a an animated project to a network if you have no experience in animation. Mm. And But people liked, people like, it looks good. <laughs> they liked, well, the here's the deal. They liked the idea enough that we realized that if we went out and uh, and talked to, independent animation studios about it that we could find a partner uh on that level who maybe wasn't one of the three or four studios that's making all of the shows in los angeles and that's what we ended up doing we found a great studio out of uh, tampa called riley animation and um, my uh, my partner my creative collaborator on that uh project pat danaher who's uh who's an animator in uh, in la um we were just we were really excited about the work that those guys did and and they were super excited because they'd done some they'd done some children's TV and a ton of corporate work, but they didn't have any sort of edgy adult animation stuff. And so they they hopped on and and uh, yeah, we're we're really excited about where that that project's facing. But yeah, it's it's a bear, man. If you haven't gone through the process of making animation, <laughs> there's so much work on the front end um, that supposedly makes your life easier when you you know get into seasons two, three, and four. Um, but it's it's really it's really it, it takes a lot more resources to pump out a lot less content. It looks like a it looks like a real animated show. It's it pretty impressive, actually. We got all yeah. the colors and everything, man. All the colors, <laughs> they have all of them. All right, well, let's get from that all project six. on to. What did you see this week? What did you see this week? That is the question I put to the table every week. I saw Ocean's 12. Was that on TBS? It was on USA. USA. Okay. Which I have now shifted my viewing to <laughs> he, USA. He watches TV like a millennial parent. The USA Or he report. watches movies like a millennial parent, I should say. <laughs> only at home, only on cable. And I put this to the table because I, I'm not sure what I think of it. I thought I enjoyed it. It all went screwy when they did the Julia Roberts bit. And you kind of muddle through that. But For those the, who haven't seen the movie, they, they, they pass off Julia Roberts. As no, they Julia pass Roberts. off someone as Julia Roberts, well, right? Julia Roberts plays Danny oh, that, Danny Ocean's wife Tess. That's, that's right. And they pretend Tess is Julia Roberts in order to access this Fabergé egg that they're trying to heist. But at the end of the movie, uh, it's revealed how they do it. 
right? So so just like in Ocean's Eleven, they, they walk you through all the, the maneuvers and the things they did. Well, it, it turns out they had the egg the whole time, right? And Lee, here's the deal. You know how when it's Saturday <laughs> afternoon and you're going to go to the store and you can't find your car keys? Yeah. And then you look for like three hours and then you go, oh, there they are. They're by the toaster. Yeah. They were there but, the whole time. Right? But I do that looking for my benefit, not to have people but watch me. But if I was watching key. you through the window and I saw you looking <laughs> stupid for three hours, it might be to my benefit. Maybe. That is one silly heist if it was where you first looked. Well, <laughs> if all the money in the bank <laughs> was where you first looked. Well, my, the point is that it, it, I felt a little let down because it wasn't as as uh, well thought out a, a, a plan as the Ocean's Eleven because they it was all just a ruse. Am uh, I right about this, Jay? A ruse, I tell you. I like that you felt let down because I was. it suggests you had expectations that were like really high. Yes, <laughs> you know, oh, I come did. On. Ocean's Eleven is fantastic. Right? I love. You wanted to know yeah. how they? I watch Ocean's Eleven to this day and still have to slow down my thinking to make sure I understand how they did this. When did the money leave? Who got the money? Where is it? What bags are is it in? You know, when did the lights go out? When did the camera come on? Where's the acrobat in Where's, which canister? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> how did he breathe? All those things. I how have did to they get quickly? <laughs> make the full model warehouse of the casino right yeah, the the model with, in the warehouse with, with, within with an eyesight of the actual casino and nobody saw this happening like, right nobody under nobody worried worried about where did three, outskirts of town yeah where did three vans go i mean there, there's all sorts of ways they can get traced but oceans 12 at the end they're like see you're describing this to me and that's the first i've remembered that plot since i saw it 12 did, or 11 yeah 12 just kind of went yeah went out the but out, it's charming because they're all charming and Casey Affleck. He's got a great mustache yeah. in this one. <laughs> I don't even know if I saw this movie. That's how fast that uh, went out of my not head. Have. Yeah. But it does have Julia Roberts. Yeah. Speaking mm. of movies that uh, you happen to catch on cable, I had at the beginning of this week, I was a little under the weather, which meant that I was going to watch some terrible movies <laughs> that came up on cable that I wanted that would be intriguing enough for Peter for me to stay awake sort of intermittently between uh sickness induced naps that's kind of what i've been doing this whole show yeah <laughs> go ahead sickness induced nap that's that's, what that's a separate podcast karen's not well <laughs> hashtag meta but the um the uh i caught a uh the gem that i had somehow missed when it came out uh you know nine ten years ago four brothers Oh, Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg. I saw that. Terrible. Oh. Correct. Starring <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, Ty, Tyrese, a oh. pre-discovered Garrett Hedlund, hmm. and uh, Hedlund. and uh, Andre Benjamin, a.k.a. Andre 3000. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. John Singleton, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> John Singleton. have fallen. And, well, but there's a lot more people. There's a pre-modern family, Sofia Vergara, in that. Oh, wow. Who plays a girlfriend named, who they all call La Vida Loca. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what year did it come out? <laughs> La Vida Loca? Later than that joke oh. should have been appropriate. <laughs> in development. And because Paul likes to know these things, Mark Wahlberg beat a man to the point that he lost sight in his left eye, and then another man unconscious spent 45 days in jail. But he's he's, he's asking, trying to erase that. Yeah, he's trying to get a pardon yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. Paul Lee likes when I bring up all the horrible things people have done. Yeah, what's wrong with Judd Nelson, Lee? <laughs> uh, he's uh, he, he's uh, whacked out on the on, on the, the goofballs. On the goofballs. <laughs> he's, he's bananas on the goofballs. He's, he's, he's bananas <laughs> on the goofballs. I tell you. I just remember that last shot of Four Brothers is so overwrought, where they're like, "Where's Mark Wahlberg?" And he's like walking across the ice or whatever, and it's like it's so heroic, like over heroic, like way too heroic for a crime drama. They have one of the great least believable 
um, like sports montages in that movie. The all four brothers decide to they they're they eat five minutes of Thanksgiving dinner where somehow the four of them have made an incredible turkey and all the side dishes. They eat five minutes, <laughs> and Mark Wahlberg says, "I can't handle this. Let's go get a pickup game." And they all go play pickup hockey, and it is one of the least believable and and this is at this point I'm wide awake cuz I'm like how are they going to shoot all these guys playing pickup hockey cuz I think I think Andre Benjamin's from Atlanta where <laughs> I believe he's mentioned that in a song or two big hockey <laughs> big hockey town you know they have they've got a team there now but that doesn't mean they have a real great like uh, grassroots farm system and I didn't know like I didn't know Tyrese skated a lot and I didn't <laughs> Garrett Headland, I know, is from Minnesota, so he's got a shot. And but like, I don't even think Mark Wahlberg skates that well. So it's Why all in the hockey? editing. It's all in the editing. But it's also like they all—they well, don't crew just that they to play basketball. Well, it's in Detroit. It's set in Detroit. But they yeah, all that movie's cold <laughs> beginning to end. They play. Uh, they play like hardcore physical pickup hockey too. So like they're they're talking trash. They're with like real nice close-ups when they talk trash, and then you're like, why does the guy skating? For, why does Tyrese's when he skates he's got long blonde hair? You know, it's like, what's the... <laughs> Which one of the Hanson brothers is that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I saw a movie called Father of Invention. I'm writing a script um, about an inventor, so I wanted to make sure it wasn't following in line with this movie I heard about that stars Kevin Spacey as this guy who used to be a Ron Popeil type, and he oh. gets out of prison, and he's got to have one last invention to get him back on top and we were going to cover it on the show but it seemed like it was kind of tanking in it in how well it was going to be received or if it was going to get a wide release and sure enough now it's just on youtube for free oh, wow. <laughs> but it's got heather graham and who's horrible and uh <laughs> it's got heather graham yeah, horrible. and a girl i can't remember her name also horrible it's a bad movie so wow. i'm happy to say that my script is nothing like this horrible <laughs> movie from 2011 that if you're thinking oh kevin spacey's got to be something going on there yeah. it's bad it's surface and lame one of my biggest curiosities is that uh, that movie about the guy who invented the intermittent wipers. Flash of Brilliance, what was the Flash name? Flash of Genius. Flash of Genius, mm. the name of And that is the strangest sounding movie. A movie about the guy who invented intermittent wipers. I'm so curious to see how that movie sustains itself. I know he gets the ideas stolen from him, but at the end of the day, it's intermittent wipers. Greg Kinnear, right? <laughs> yeah, Greg Kinnear. With the uh, with the title of that movie, you would think that it was maybe about the uh, the guy who touched off New York's um, you know exposure art scene in the 70s. <laughs> Flash of genius. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show him my dick. I don't know if that's art. I'm going to show him my dick. Uh, <laughs> Flash of genius. Adam and I saw Fury, finally. Oh, yeah, we did it, see. It came out in October. but um, Yeah, that was that was really enjoyable. I really liked that movie. I mean, of course, I like I like some Brad Pitt. And, yeah, uh, whatever he does, worth seeing. I mean, he's he's just playing a grizzled World War II guy. Like, like how, how am I not going to enjoy that, you know? It really is kind of the guy from Inglorious Bastards, just less stylized. Yeah, less uh, less Tarantino'd. Yeah, less um, Tarantino'd. Yeah, it's a lot. It's super gory, wickedly profane. I mean, it's like it's a war. If movie. you watched Guns and yeah, but watch Guns of Navarone. Well, okay. and watch Fury. You'll be like, wow, it. the war movie has become this yeah. uh, thing. It's like a hard, super hard R well, for like, all you kids who love yeah. uh, Seven Years in Tibet. You know, take, has, it, take it easy on Fury. There has been some transition. I like how you went back to Guns of Navarone. You know, in 1962, <laughs> I was a war movie. Well, I was yeah. about how war, World War II movies have changed because we've now had, you know, about 80 years to make them or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Well, to, Private Ryan, Platoon, not kids' movies. Yeah, but really, you, yeah. you won't find any movie anymore that's like 
even Force 10 from Neverun. <laughs> and that's I love more recent. No, Monuments Men was too watered down. And that was a World War II movie. Probably not a lot of battle in that one, is yeah, it? Yeah. But no, there are really. moments where they have to go face-to-face with the Nazis to get the art out in time. And they just water it down. That's why I didn't like that movie now, because I wanted it to be more violent. But I wanted it to, to take a stand. Yeah, the movie's not good. To decide what kind of movie it was. Yeah. Is that what you watched this week? No. I've been busy working on Christmas caroling, and I never time to watch anything. I watched the uh, first couple of uh, episodes of Walking Dead. Good stuff, right? The, yeah, it's great. Of the beginning of the series? Yeah, because I'm very weird. I came into it in season four yeah. and loved it. Oh. And now I'm going back, and it's kind of fun because I get to meet everybody. It's almost like um, I get to hear all their origin stories. Who's that guy? Oh, it's Rick. Oh, my God. I'm like, look at who is he? Yeah. And you need to su- and you get to find irony in things they say. Oh, the right. Die. Oh, like, my God. Well, it's a good thing I'm going to live forever. Aha. Aha. <laughs> I also find it interesting that Carol's a total wuss bag, and I'm like, oh, wait until she kicks so much ass. When you uh, when you watch Love Actually this mm-hmm. Christmas, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, we like already last have. week. Yeah. Are you uh, are you like? There's Rick. Yes, <laughs> I did. I absolutely did because I didn't know that I was in love with him until this, this viewing of Love Actually. I thought he was kind of a wuss bag the first couple of viewings, but and now I see that he can kill zombies and he's badass. It's sort of like what it's happened better. with your experience with Carol. Also, you watch mm-hmm. Love Actually and you're like, oh, he's such a wuss here. Right. He can't even tell her how he feels. But now he can totally take a hammer and put it through a, the Walking Dead's head. Yeah. yeah. With no He'll issue. Put it through Chuetel Edgy Four's head. Yeah. And just take care of Nightly. Now that's what he would do. That's exactly. He wouldn't need this do. this song and these stinking little cards no. to go in excess. And the guy, he, he wouldn't need Carol Singers. He was also in Four Brothers, not Rick. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's the most most fun name to say. He's been in a ton of stuff before he got this uh, Oscar What's nomination. What's more fun to year. say, Chiwetel Ejiofor or Thalmus Rasulala? God, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, I also saw Selma, the big movie Rasulala. about the uh, about the uh, the Selma, Alabama riots and Martin <laughs> Luther King. Uh, well. He was leading a peaceful march until the cops turned it into a riot. Um, very yeah. solid, good movie. I don't know if it's going to... It's going to have a surge here now that it's finally getting out for industry screenings. It didn't get any SAG Award nominations this morning, but I think the Globes, Critics' Choice Awards, and Ooh. Academy Awards will treat it differently. It's, what, Who's the main character in that? Is it, is it's it MLK. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's played by David Oyelowo. Well, no, Which so, is, sometimes like they, they do these historical things where they're like, well, here's this one person that made a difference. It's not always about... Yeah, there's no Forrest Gump. This is okay, it's about, you. It's well, about kids. I don't even mean that, but you know, <laughs> like there's historical ones that you know cover some subset the of mo- it. The movie is Selma. It centers on Doug, a... <laughs> a hardware salesman a slightly, in Alabama. A slightly okay, racist well, soda fountain clerk. Look, I know a lot about the Selma thing and obviously it's going to focus on Selma she's a very important it's a very important person she told her not to sit in the back she of the bus she was one of the help yeah exactly when Selma sits in the back of the bus yeah I understand that's and lastly and quickly and we'll get on to Karen's birthdays I saw Hector in the search for happiness I had a big movie week uh, which is a hokey as hell movie but is sort of saved by Simon Pegg and has a really good message and it must have been in a uh, emo- emotional mood because I enjoyed it it's that? not great Hector in the search for happiness oh. they were giving away free tickets last weekend at AMC theaters so I and went hey for Paul that's a reason to see a movie that's a reason to see a movie hey uh, I will say that uh, the guy that was uh, and we saw Fury it was great we saw uh, there was three three of the actors it was Brad Pitt and then um, Logan Lerman Logan Lerman and John Bernthal of okay. Walking Dead and John Bernthal of Rock, Walking Dead and the other movie I saw this week was the Stallone versus De Niro movie oh, oh. Grudge Match he's in that yeah. and he's in that as well 
I saw I saw that this week also. That's a pretty good movie. There's I, a lot of like enjoyable moments in that, and everyone plays off their personality pretty well. No, you don't. I like felt it? I felt terrible watching that fight scene. Really? Oh, I the felt, fight scene. I well, felt all right. The horrible. fight scene's not. I felt like I was watching something. And that, this is De Niro and Stallone, right? Like I wanted. I yeah. Watching that, I felt like I. Am, am I a bad person? Like sometimes when I watch, when I watch mixed martial you think arts, it's like watching old guys fight, like bum fight, <laughs> well, bum fights, yeah, but with is old this guys. a bum fight? Oh, now I feel bad. <laughs> no, go ahead. Who, who watches bum fights? No, no but you no, don't remember you'd that. Feel bad. Oh, plenty of people. You'd feel bad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, it was a thing. I was, I was watching it, and and the, the problem is, you're like, I start thinking because because Stallone is much thinner. Than he is in most of his action movies. Like if yeah. you look at Expendables, he, Stallone, Stallone, like he's got a good, good. He went like uh, Clooney in the American. Like he just like it looked like he'd just been doing sit-ups and kale yeah. juices. For like, <laughs> That's right. Whereas he's actually kind of thin in uh, in this movie. Right. I mean, he's in shape. He's still Stallone, so he went but you can crazy. Still make out a lot it. of bones when you look but, at him. Still make out a lot of bones. Oh, you can make out bones, then, and veins, yeah. and muscles. And then De Niro, like, I just, I'm, you know, I'm not. Ex- I don't want to see him with his shirt off. Like, <laughs> yeah. What did we say? Did we say this once? That Stallone just looks like a body's exhibit <laughs> version of himself. Yes, exactly. Now. Here's yeah. the circulatory system. Oh, that's Stallone. <laughs> uh, I'll have to go into uh, the Baba Duke next week, which I also saw an Australian horror film Baba that's Dukey. out there. But Baba because Dukey. it's time for the grand finale, Karen's celebration of the birthdays of those who make the movies. Karen's birthdays. Take it away. <laughs> So let's start off our week of birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to Haley Steinfeld, who turns 17 but can play anywhere from a child actress to an Oscar-nominated actress. Do you guys know that little girl from True Grit? True Grit. Keeps oh, right. that's yeah. her. The one with the big eyebrow. And she's moved on to something recently, right? She was in The Homesman. Mm-hmm. She's uh, good in another movie. What, what was the movie where she played like the daughter who played Begin Again? She's in Begin Again as well, and that's uh, a great film. I don't remember that movie. Year. Begin you know, Again Again. Mark Ruffalo. Remember, was the music uh, manager oh, for Kira right. Knightley, and in his ex—that's his daughter. That was his oh. daughter. Well, that's right. I j- yeah, I just saw part of that. Yeah, we know good. that she starred alongside Matt Damon and Jeff Bridges in True Grit, and she's been acting since she was eight. And she was born in Tarzana, which I think is amazing because if you've ever been to Tarzana, to think that somebody got out of Tarzana is pretty good. I didn't she's, know people were born there. I know that's what I. I know that sounds weird. It <laughs> I know struck pe- I me lived too. in Tarzana, but, but to no be one, born in Tarzana, right? Right. Uh, born in Tarzana. Uh, is that where the name Tarzan comes from? Yes, it's yeah, uh, John actually. Burroughs, not oh, okay. John Burroughs. Who, who wrote Edgar, Edgar Burroughs? Edgar Burroughs. Burroughs. Yeah. She's currently in the movie The Homesman that Paul was talking about. She has a really tiny part in it, but you kind of get excited when you see her coming. It's kind of she's a pretty good little actress. Um, now, I find this funny. I went through her IMDb, and they talk about different things that she likes to do. And she seems like a cool kid. But one of her favorite things to do is the Facebook. The Facebook. The, the Facebook. Facebook. I thought, wow, this girl's got this amazing career. And I know. And one she's... of her favorite things to do is Facebook. Which makes me wonder. Like, you know how when we were talking earlier about millennials, they try to put up their perfect life on Facebook? So um, you'll take, like, seven pictures with you and your cat until you get the exact right one. So if I go look at her Facebook, all is it just going to be pictures of her with Matt Damon and her with Tommy yeah. Lee Jones and her with, uh, like, awesome? I made, I made lasagna. I was at the Oscars. I know. Fuck <laughs> you. No wonder her favorite thing is the Facebook. Because her fucking Facebook is going to be really awesome. Yeah, if I had that life, I'd want to rub it in everyone's face. <laughs> exactly. That's what Facebook's for. Uh, she's remained a pretty good actress. I hope she keeps yeah. going. 
Yeah, well, she's only 17, so yeah. she's got a lot of. Well, I mean, hey, she could fall. What, she's a young actress, right? She could fall into drugs at any minute. Here's the thing I love is it. that since all of I you know she's doing she's, a good job, yeah. you all know that she's 17, so no one has made a comment about how she looks. I only remember her from uh, Rooster Cockburn. Yeah, she's True still Grit. a little girl good. as far as I can think yeah. of. Good for all of you. You've passed my test. Good and for all of you, mostly Lee. Continue. Well, mm-hmm. well she also didn't look like she was going to blossom into much, so. Oh, I mean, okay. Those Why did girl- I give you dig. the option no, no. to dig on that poor little Those girl. full house girls, you saw that coming. You saw oh, right around 9 Jesus. or 10, you're like, I'm going to keep an eye on these two. All right, let's go on to another beautiful woman. <laughs> let's wish a happy birthday to Miss Dame Judy Dench. Who turns, she blossomed. Don't, don't call her that. Don't call her that. So, <laughs> turns so eighty, old, but can play games. anywhere from a prostitute, originating the role of Stanley Bowles in the West End production of Cabaret, to a queen in Broad Shakespeare and Love. <laughs> what? Yes, sir. No, to, the dame. The dame to, always makes me laugh. To M from James Bond. Is that yeah, what you're saying? I was just saying that she was just playing anywhere from a prostitute to a queen. But most women, those are the roles you play. And even if you are Judy Dench, you play either prostitute somewhere in between. or queen. So those are kind of the whole plethora of roles. But she also got to be in some James Bond shit. Yeah, she made a the fun transition between the Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig. That's mm-hmm. uh, kind of continues That's the story. Jane, Dame Judy Dench? That is Dame. That I is. thought that Isn't was that just cool? John Cleese aging very poorly. Oh. Zing. She shares two roles in common with Kate Winslet and Kate Blanchett. Do you know what roles that she played the same that Kate Winslet played? Anybody Wait, guess? She played the same role? Yeah, not exactly the same time, but at some point in her career, both she and Kate Winslet played the same character. I can give you one. I can't remember the last name, but in the film Iris, she yeah. played the older version of Kate Winslet. That's right. And then also... Who was the Kate Blanchett. Wendy from Peter Pan? <laughs> no, good guess, though. Oh, I know. Because she I can know, fly. I know Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, yeah. and she played... Titanic. Uh, no, but that was Kate Winslet. (laughs) No, she played Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. And so she also got nominated. I think she also won for Queen Elizabeth, and she had the least amount of screen time of any actress ever. Two minutes and 45 seconds, something like that. To win an Oscar, yeah. Beatrice Strait in Network also had a very small role. She won the Oscar. All three of these women. It doesn't matter for supporting actress, I guess. I guess it doesn't matter. You just have to show up and be great for two two minutes and 45 seconds. (laughs) Be supportive. Kate Winslet, Kate Blanchett, and Judi Dench all played this role. Now, not in the movies, but in some point in their careers. They all played this role. This role. And it's a well-known role. It's Prostitute. Queen. Close. (laughs) Ophelia and Hamlet. All of those women Uh, played that role. I believe that. Adam played the role where he just had to show up and be great for two minutes and 45 seconds. I know, right? And, and there he was... ended up burning his house down. <laughs> With his ass, apparently. Uh, I wanted to see if Bill Murray and Judy Dench never worked together, so I Googled them because that is the best way to spend your time is Googling two names randomly. And the one connection the two of them had on many websites with both of them. Kevin Bacon. No, how great would that have been? Both of them were on this websites for doing movies for money. According to many websites, Bill Murray only did Garfield the Cat for money. And Judy Dench, they said, did the same thing for what movie? Hmm. Just for the money. What? Judy Dench did it for the... GoldenEye? The <laughs> no. most exotic Marigold Hotel? No, that actually has a little bit of credibility. This movie yeah, is right. full on shit. And yeah. she did it. And, and I don't know why she Five did money. Five brothers. Garfield? Riddick. <laughs> Riddick. Riddick? Oh, she was oh, Riddick. Riddick. Oh, she's in oh, the first one, the Chronicles of Riddick. Damn yeah. it. I mean, Second come one. on. Judy Dench is in Riddick? The Chronicles. What? Of Riddick. Oh. <laughs> and Paul, I have a, a... Lee, you know how much I like when uh, celebrities sing? You do. People ask me two things yes? about Karen. I say, first of all, Karen loves her some Chris Rock, especially when she envisions him, envisions him as Terry Crews. That is true. And that two... 
she cannot get enough of celebrity singing. Especially when they're singing, and I don't know if they necessarily should be. And that's one of my favorite things. Now, this is kind of cool. On the West End of, um, of London, their b- version of Broadway, Sally Bowles, the character in Cabaret, was done by Judy Dench. And they gave her the role because of her sassiness and the fact that she just... Blue, blue. <laughs> she just Sorry, owned. Most of my roles. I think she might have gotten blue this role by blowing yeah. internet. Games. <laughs> she just came in, and even though she wasn't a trained singer, she just blew it out of the water with her portrayal of Sally Bowles. So here's a little of her singing Cabaret from Cabaret. What good is sitting alone in your room? Come here, the music play. We don't need tonation, intonation. We don't need what length of notes. She's saying in nine, so I'm not too surprised that she I don't think the has a singing background. This is like uh, Christopher Walken in the Peter Pan line. Exactly. <laughs> Did you see that? It's a part Just of clips, it. Yeah. My, my three-year-old and, and his four-year-old cousin were watching part of it, and it it made me think that I really wished I had watched it live and, and kept up with Twitter as, yeah, it, was, was, as cool. it was happening. Social media was raging. That's yeah. that's the updated version of Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. I, it's it's funny. These new, the, the last live thing and this one, I mean, isn't it the equivalent of that breakfast thing that uh, Taco Bell invented just so it would get tweeted? Right? Like, nobody's yeah, really going to eat a Taco Bell breakfast or the double down from KFC. Yeah. It's just there for Twitter fodder, right? Yeah. It's not a real thing. Put it, our name out there because we have this absolute, hideous sandwich. Ah, here. Taco Bell's just, or like, uh, there's now the Mountain Dew, the Doritos flavored Mountain Dew. Did you hear about this? It's just absolutely out there. And people go, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew yeah. on Twitter. And they, they did. It's mustache, it's bacon and mustaches. It's, it's hipster. Peter Pan, Peter Pan, Peter Pan. Hipster food. Yeah. Hipster entertainment. Hipster doofus. (laughs) All right, well, that wraps another movie showcast, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys. Speaking of social media, Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram. We're on LinkedIn, too. So, fuck it. (laughs) Thanks to Jake Green, everybody. Thanks, guys. And once again, give us your plugs. Millennial, millennialparents.com or youtube.com slash millennialparents. And what do you got for like social and all that? You got a Twitter and all that? Oh, we do. We're uh, Mill Parents on Twitter and uh, we're on Facebook too, Millennial Parents. Do you have a personal one that you crack wise on? Uh, Jake Green. There you go. And there's an E at the end. There is an E at the end. There you go. Uh, thanks to Steve Schultz for writing contributions that he gives to the show every week. And remember, you can always find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. Next week, we'll be back with our holiday special. Tons of movies covered, tons of special guests. Don't miss it, and we will see you then.